0: Hello everyone! Thank you for tuning in to our GYST podcast, where we help you get your together. Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. Nice. I always like it when you say that because you always say it with a smile. Because you can't be ha- uh, unhappy and say shit. Um, no, I can't I'll try that someday You should I'm trying not to say it with an R uh, th- That's true That's true <laughs> uh, So this is this is a little strange for me uh, I'm not used to looking at you I'm handsome all right. And, and the far from it That's why I do a podcast oh. oh No, I'm, I'm not used to seeing you Because usually you sit next to me This is awkward for me too And so I'm not used to you sitting in front of me And the reason for that is We ran out of
1: chairs (laughs) Totally kidding So uh, Podcast listeners Loyal podcast listeners out there We are One man shy Our Our uh, one of our fellow podcasters, Christian Cloud, has opted to go on and move on to uh, Greener Pastures. He's going to be working on a solo project of himself and a few other things that he's going to be working on going forward. Roy, I think you have a little more insight than I on what Christian's going to be doing, but uh, we wish him the best. I'm excited
0: for his new venture. I know he is as well. Um, yeah, so when originally when I spoke to Christian a long time ago about doing the podcast, he kind of shared his interest in doing a podcast himself. Mm-hmm. And what he wanted to do was sort of similar to, like, I don't know if you're familiar with Chicken Soup for the Soul, like okay. those books. Book. Yeah. yeah. And so what they do is it's all about empowering stories. And Christian wants to do the same thing through a podcast. Mm. So he wants to uh, mostly do interviews okay. on people and their stories and a lot of empowerment stuff. So that's awesome. I'm kind of excited to see what what he'll come up with yeah yeah that's that's fantastic that's something we've actually talked about
1: doing here on GYST is um a powerful story we have with Sam's cousin that yeah we, that we'll be working on doing in the future here so
0: yeah so next week's episode I think uh is is going to be definitely a special one uh, yeah. so you guys will definitely want to stay tuned for that one absolutely absolutely um it, but in the meantime we'll wish uh, we'll wish christian the best in
1: his future endeavors and i uh, hope you wish him well as well and once he's on board let's all give him a like and a follow and uh, and get on board the, the christian cloud bandwagon as well
0: yeah we'll be more than happy to share his contact information and maybe once we have it we'll have him back as a as a guest and uh, as a special treat for him. We'll have those Moravian cookies. Moravian cookies. But no more.
1: Christian at
0: podcast.com. <laughs> so ladies, please do not email him there anymore.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's all forwarding to Rohit's box now. So feel free. Oh. Ooh. Hello, ladies. Yes.
0: Uh, this is kind of strange. I'm not used to just the dynamic of, of you and I.
1: Yeah. It's different. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll make it work. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. We can do it. The listeners will give us feedback. A Hopefully it's all good.
1: Yeah, whether we like it or not.
0: Yeah. So, ready for today's topic? I, I am, are you? All right, let's do this. So, a lot of you guys know that Kyle and I do have a little bit of a personal development background. We were both involved in uh, my seminar company, Growing Forward Seminars, and Kyle was on board. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. And uh, had a lot of breakthroughs through that. And mm. one of the things that we talked about... Is autopilot or uh, programs? Just the uh, traditionally people call it programs. I like to refer to as autopilot, but it's really ninety-seven percent of the decisions that we make are not being made by us. They're being made by our programs, and what that does is it causes us to be on autopilot, where we are not making the majority of the decisions uh, we think we make every day. And with with programs, the way I best describe it is. So, Kyle, when, when you're a kid, right, mm-hmm. and you touch a hot stove and you, and you burn yourself, would you touch a hot stove now? Absolutely not. Why? Because I know it's hot and I burnt myself when I was a kid. Right? But if you see a hot stove, you don't think to yourself, you know what? That's a hot stove. I wonder if I should touch it. Well, I remember back when I was six years old and I touched that hot stove and I burnt myself. It really hurt. Therefore, I shouldn't do it anymore, right? Mm. That's not your thought process, right? Mm-hmm. You just see it and automatically just know I'm not going to touch that, almost instinctively, right? Yeah. And that's that's what happens is throughout our life, and especially when we're younger, we create these programs, mm-hmm. and we develop enough of them that it causes us to be on autopilot. And so, a lot of the things that a lot of the programs that we create as when we're kids is money, for example. You know, if our parents... So say there's there's this toy that you really want, right? Oh, and you go yeah. up to your parents, I really want this, really want this. And and maybe it's like $200 or whatever the case may be. And your parents say, no, no, you don't, don't do it. Now, all of a sudden, as a kid, you're not thinking about this. But what happens is you develop a program that says happiness equals money. So to my parents, my happiness is not worth X amount of dollars. <laughs> and so what happens is as you go about your life now all of a sudden you're starting to do the same thing you're associating money with happiness or objects with happiness because you wanted this object so much and you didn't get it you're sad you don't think at the time that it's really going to make an impact for you 10 20 years down the road Mm -hmm. but it's little things like that that start making an impact for me one of the actually no this is this is a story that i'll come back to Um, And so what happens is (laughs) when we're kids, we develop so many of these programs that when we're adults, these programs are running our life, causing us to be on autopilot. But it's not something that we consciously do. It's all subconscious because consciously we don't say, you know what? It doesn't even make sense that this object is worth my happiness. But indirectly, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So with that, Kyle, what are your thoughts on programs, running your life, and being on autopilot. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of
1: you had mentioned equating um, happiness to money. I think a lot of it, too, can um, maybe reflect upon self-worth. People will begin to develop a program or a belief, if you will, that they're not worth something or they don't deserve something um, after not having it or after going without something. So maybe it's, it's that toy or it's a nice car or it's a nice house or whatever it is. <clears throat> you begin to justify or make excuses for yourself why you don't need or don't deserve these things instead of going out and getting them. It's been those programs that have built up in you over years and years and years to led you to believe that you you need to lead a minimal lifestyle in whatever it is, whether it's a, a toy or a house or a car or a box of cookies. I don't know, anything. Yeah.
0: One of the biggest ones out there is fear of rejection. Yeah. And a lot of that stems from being rejected early on as a child. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see a girl and you go up to her and be like, Hey, you know, I, I like you in elementary school. Yeah. And she just laughs at you, not speaking from experience. <laughs> 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 no, not at all, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been laughed at by a girl in school, Rohit? Never. 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 <laughs> but, but, you know, if, if that's what happens to you as a kid, now all of a sudden every time you see a girl and you want to talk to her, you're going to be like... Oh, like I don't know because I remember that one time when I got laughed at, and that's the kind of stuff that, you know, that causes you to be on autopilot and you're making these decisions without consciously thinking about them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And when you said that, and sorry if I was distracting, you, I had to
1: look something up because it just reminded me of something I seen recently. I'm gonna plug another fellow podcaster here, Gary V or Gary Vayn or Chuck. Um, he posted something just recently. He's posted it several times before. It's just a quote, it says, roll up to that hot chick in the bar and ask her out. Roll up on that good looking dude and ask him for coffee. Roll up on your business idea and make it happen. Because being 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old and having regrets that you didn't swing the bat is the worst regret of them all. Swing the bat. In honor of baseball season right now, and Robbie Cano, yeah, my man, my Mariners, four home runs in three games, isn't that crazy? That's that's nuts, right? So, yeah. in honor of that, get up there and swing the bat. If you if you don't if you let your programs rule your life and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mold all the decisions that you make, you're gonna have regrets, mm-hmm. right? Nobody wants to have regrets. So it's common if you say, "What do you regret?" Oh, nothing. Oh no. Well, you're not thinking hard enough. I guarantee you, there's something you regret. I like to say that too, but I, I know there's things I regret if I think hard enough and dig deep enough, right? So yeah. what can we do to break that mold of our programs that guide us day by day and mold our decisions and our actions that we don't even think about. So what are what are some things that we can do to do that?
0: So it's it's all about working backwards. Okay. And trying to find out what the root cause of it was. That's why you hear so many psychologists. Uh, Talk about you know, let's explore your childhood what happened there because they know if if you're making certain actions and Decisions in your life right now as an adult it all goes back to maybe uh, decisions that you made as a child that have affected you and when I first started learning about Kind of this concept of of autopilot. I was at a seminar in San Francisco and what was really interesting is what we were talking about was take an aspect of your life that you're not happy with and let's drill down to find out when it was that you created that program because at the end, the, a program is just an event that happened, right? So something happens and we associate a meaning with it that gives it value. But at the end of the day, it's just an event. So for me at the time, and Kyle, you can, you can let the audience know I'm, I may not be the biggest man out there. <laughs> you're, you're,
1: you're huge in japan
0: <laughs> even there i'm small yeah so i'm i'm five four, and uh at my at my heaviest i was 150 and Damn, that's trunks. that was pretty big so when i was doing this event i wasn't happy with my weight i was 150 didn't realize how i i got that far and so did this exercise Where they have us keep digging down, digging down, digging down into something from our childhood to find out why do we feel that way now? What was the event that I created the meaning behind it that is now subconsciously having an effect on me? So I'll walk you through that. I weighed 150, knew I didn't want to weigh 150. That's way more than I've ever weighed. I just wasn't comfortable. I was embarrassed wearing bigger clothes, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about it. Okay, why do I eat? Well, eating a lot of times I eat because I'm bored. A lot of people eat because I'm bored <laughs> yeah. and they're bored, right? What else am I gonna do? Oh, uh, make a sandwich. Yeah. So I know it's got to be deeper than that. So if I'm bored, I'm gonna eat. Okay. Why is it that I'm associating boredom with with eating? Because if I'm bored, I'm not happy. But if I'm eating, if I'm doing something, if I'm tasting the flavors, that makes mm-hmm. me happy. Emotional eater. Emotional leader. So now, all of a sudden, I know that food equals happiness for me. That's the program that's running me. Food equals happiness. That's why I continue to eat. Well, great. When did I create this program? <laughs> Not consciously, but subconsciously. When was this program created? And I traced it all the way back to when I was a kid. And so my mom, uh, as as a you know, every now and then, mm-hmm. she on her way home from work, she would walk by a vending machine. And if she happened to have change in her pocket, she would put it into the vending machine and buy a bag of Lay's sour cream and onion potato (laughs) chips, right? And you should bring that to me. And so as a kid, you get this bag of chips every now and then. And what do you think? Wow. Like, you know, my mom went about her day and she really thought about me. I was special to her. And this is what happened. And she treated me with a bag of chips. I must have done something right. Like she loves me. So now, all of a sudden, for me, these Lay's sour cream and onion potato chips equals love.
1: Right? And you love nothing more than to be loved as a koala.
0: And so now, if I'm sad or bored, and what I'm craving is love, I'm going to go to that. Mm. So the event that happened was... And my mom wasn't thinking anything like this. She was just like, oh, I've got some extra change. I know he likes these chips. Let me just get him a bag of chips. That's it. Like That's it. There's... there's Simple. You know, if you, if you take away all emotion, it's just a bag of chips. Yeah. But what meaning did I create behind it? As a kid, I'm associating that with love. Yeah. And so now that's the program that's running me. So when I'm on autopilot and I don't feel loved, I emotionally eat. Um, that's why a lot of, I don't want to generalize, but that's why a lot of women you know <laughs> what is you? Jeez! Girlfriend broke up with them?
1: Whoa! They gotta
0: have that Haagen Dazs. Bonbons. Right? Man.
1: <coughs> Wait, why do you have bonbons in the freezer? Oh, we don't need yeah, to talk about right Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that's... that's kind of addressing what you said. You just you just find the root meaning and then work backwards. And so now that I know, because what, what the event was that it was just a bag of chips, yeah. and the meaning that I gave that was. Bag of chips, food equals love. Now I just give it a different meaning. Mm-hmm. Now the bag of Lay's sour cream and potato uh, uh, sour, cream, sour cream and onion, onion potato <laughs> chips just means um, maybe someone was thinking of me, yeah. or or something like that. It, it's not associated with happiness or with love or, or anything like that. And so that's literally, and I promise you, that's all that's changed in my life. Hmm. And now I weigh about one twenty-seven. Wow. That's the only thing that's changed. Is I've given that event a different meaning and now a different meaning to me is controlling my life and that's of of eating healthier nice so what do you do now
1: so when that that same feeling of boredom or maybe sadness comes on Mm -hmm. you've taken away the meaning of emotional eating to Mm -hmm. to fulfill that sadness or boredom feeling with love by eating what is the alternative now has there has something replaced it or have you not thought about it yet
0: yeah so we all know if you if you finish a habit you need to have something else to replace it right Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people who quit smoking get addicted to chewing gum my dad took up sunflower seeds sunflower seeds oh my goodness he was eating them things like a bird (laughs) (laughs) it
1: was crazy yeah anyway
0: yeah no and that's what it is so you just have to you have to substitute something else yeah so now if i'm bored what I do is a lot of times I find the only times when I'm bored is when I'm watching TV, strangely enough. Yeah. You know, just watching TV. I zone out. I'm bored. I'm just going to eat something. Where now it's like, wait a minute. If, if I'm using TV as a advice to to escape and cure my boredom, but I'm still bored, yeah. why don't I do something else? So now it's I'm going to go out. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to work on my book. I'm going to edit the podcast. I'm going to work on this website. Or I'm, you know... Eat something healthier, like it. If I'm eating a bag of chips, or be, if I'm eating a bag of sp- chips because I'm bored, well, I can eat a bag of carrots and still be bored. This is y- true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe just changing changing up what you eat, but it's and you can pretend you're Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Oh, I love Looney Tunes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <Looney> the <Tunes> Adventures. <laughs> so I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but yeah, do you have some of the? I I do. Yeah, yeah, and it.
1: It came to me, as you had mentioned, the, the program and the event. And um, I, going forward was a while back, a couple of years ago, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so when this comes up, then is when it, it will trigger things back. Right. So you talked about program is just an event and it's only given meaning by your response, by your emotional response. So one event that I had that um, was hard for me to come to grips with was the death of a very close friend. He was living out of town. We, you know, we kind of grew up as friends since we were toddlers. Our parents were good friends, and his mother had passed away some years before. And I had always tried to visit him when he was living in, in Vegas. And I, I was still here. And every time he'd come home, we would try to link up. We would both be busy, and we would maybe get to hang out once, and then it would just, you know, things would fall out of place, right? So. One time I was going to Vegas, I think it was Memorial day weekend. And I was like, yeah, I'm psyched. I'm going to be in town. And he was like, Oh shit. I think that's when I'm going home. I'm like, damn, that sucks, man. You know, I'm going to miss you. Blah, blah blah You know? So we miss each other. Another time he came home and it seemed like he was really reaching out a little bit more. So to hang out and I didn't put enough effort and I didn't really notice it at the time. I, it seemed like he was like, yeah, you know, let's definitely let's hang out. What are you doing? What are you doing? And, uh, I don't even know what happened, to be honest. I think it just got busy and we never hung out. Uh, He went home, back to Vegas, and not too much longer he committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, really hard pill for me to swallow because that event, the meaning I put behind it was, I could have prevented it. It was my fault that I wasn't there for him. I didn't make the time to hang out with him to find out what was going on in his life they made him feel that was the answer. So after the funeral, I didn't visit for probably six years, five years, um, because I felt I was inadequate. I felt I failed him because of the meaning I gave behind that event. So when I finally did go visit him on his birthday, it was it was waterworks, man. It was it was it was liberating almost. That I could accept that, hey, you know what? It wasn't my fault. It's no one's fault. There's no one to blame. This is just an event that happened completely unfortunate circumstances. Um, but for me to hold guilt over my head, like it was my fault and I could have and should have prevented it, wasn't doing me any good and he wouldn't want that either. Um, so for the past couple of years, I visit him on his birthday and just just chill, birthdays in the summer. So it was awesome weather, so I just kind of lay there and just hang out, yeah. think about old times. So that was something that was really tough for me um, and the, the emotional response I got out of it was uh, inadequacy and blamed myself because of that. I wasn't able to prevent this event or stop this event or do something about it. it made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Um, and I wasn't good enough to visit and be there again, so it was it was really hard for me. Um, yeah, That's heavy, a story. heavy, yeah, right, yeah. Um, but that was the first thing that came to mind, so I had to get it off my chest. If I if I would have thought of something else, I'd have been trying to formulate
0: something, and, and that one's still still strong, still there. Yeah, yeah. I remember when you first told me about this, you know. It was it was different because I think when when you first told me it was just you and I together. Yeah. In a uh, in a room as we were just kind of doing some brainstorming sessions and mm-hmm. it's it's interesting for for me it's interesting to see how much you've changed since that day. Yeah. You know, because that was almost two years ago when you first shared that. It was, and
1: that was shortly after the second time I visited. First yeah. first second time I forget now. I had to see what year it was, but yeah that when we had talked about it, as you mentioned, that was one of the breakthroughs I had had that I had finally began to cope with it, and didn't even realize that I was doing that, right I just something in me said it's it's time mm-hmm. like let this shit go, be there for him now,
0: yeah, you know, and what's so at all those times when you when you could have gone. Uh-huh. And maybe it was his birthday. Uh-huh. You didn't think about what happened. You you didn't it's not like you went back and played in your mind, you know, like if I had done this differently or if I had done this differently, maybe things would be different. You uh-huh. you don't think about those things. No. It just happens. And what happened was that day through a tragedy you created a program and that program affected all of your other relationships I'm sure I would imagine yeah if I really like if I not during
1: this podcast because that's some some deep shit some heavy thinking um but yeah if I was to sit and really take some time to analyze it yeah I would imagine it affected a lot of relationships I made other things important because I didn't feel adequate you know to to lack of a better word um and moved on I mean, thought I moved on.
0: Yeah. And I think I mean, you're familiar with the modules we do. This almost yeah. turned into event meaning. It did kind of it right. Did, yeah. Well, because when you when you had said that, <laughs> <laughs> but that event meaning
1: created a program. Yeah. I suppose right. So, but that was the first thing I thought of for some reason when you said that you talked about program and event. Um, that was in my head.
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, you. It, you know, we talk about how that that event has affected until you went to go see him. Mm-hmm. That that event had affected your relationships for six years. I would imagine so. Yeah. But it's not like you consciously thought about that. You know, I don't. Guards went up. You didn't yeah. let people in. You you closed up because you're afraid of people getting to know you. You're afraid of being responsible almost for everyone's happiness. Yeah. And so the more you kind of push people out of your life, the more comfortable with yourself you feel. But here's the thing. You never consciously thought that, right? Mm. Not at all. When you say it
1: and it's thought about, it's like, okay, that, that makes sense. But day to day, you don't think about those things. You just go on. Yeah. You, you do things thinking that you're, you're doing them for um, self-preservation, mm. if you will. Mm-hmm. and they become part of your daily routine, your autopilot.
0: Yeah. I mean, Self-preservation mechanisms are perhaps the epitome of being on autopilot. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I would agree,
0: 100%. And so I think what's, what's really valuable is if there are things about your life that you aren't happy with, it's not like you just woke up and decided this is the life you want. I, I think we talk about this a lot
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you went to the 10-year-old you and said, All right, 10-year-old Kyle, <laughs> this is Kyle's life right now. And I bet you if you did that with almost anyone, they'd be am- amazingly disappointed. Yeah. Like, if, if the 10 year old me was like, wait, that's the future, Rohit? Like, what? Like, come on now, we got, we, like, please don't make me turn into that dude. He's right? <laughs> supposed
1: to be yeah. married with kids and a house and a boat and.
0: Please tell me I grow at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, only, I'm the same height.
1: <laughs> what the hell? And I only gained 10 pounds? <laughs> Yeah, how much money I've
0: saved in clothes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Rohit was five foot four and one hundred and sixteen pounds when he was ten. So <laughs> this isn't much different.
0: Oh man! Uh, but what's interesting is if you take the life we have now, those are created because our life is on autopilot. How many people do you hear talk about? Wake up, go to work. Work all day, come home, mm-hmm. watch a little bit of TV, eat a little bit of dinner, go to sleep. Yeah. Rinse, repeat. They do the same thing every single day. Yeah. How many times have, have you driven from my house to your house without even thinking about it, right? Tons of times. And what, what's happening is you're not consciously making those decisions. That's mm. all autopilot. Yeah. And so if you have decisions that you're making every single day that you're not actively thinking about and analyzing that means a program's running you yeah and so if that's the case you get enough programs running you like we said at the beginning of this 97% of the decisions that you make every single day are not even being made by you they're being made by your childhood how do we break out of that
1: that's the hardest part stop and take a look at it um how, how do you stop and take a look at it you just like you said work backwards find out what it is that created that behavior, created that action. Um, I'll use the driving home one for an example because as we've done these podcasts more and more, sometimes I will stop and try to think about myself and say, let me take another route home. Let me go ahead and take 167 or let me take um, 167 North to get to 18 back to I-5 or you know whatever I wanna do, just to put myself in different surroundings and to make myself more cognizant of what I'm doing and what's around me at the time. Um, I don't do it every time, though. And I fall back into programs and just drive home the same route. But I always do. And <laughs> one of my programs I have is I always drive past your street. Yeah. I drive past it and I go to the next one. I'm like, damn it. I take a left. I turn around in the cul-de-sac. I come back. and
0: Oh, and you're coming here? Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on, on the main. I don't even know what street it is, but the main street. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's something we can do. So, I mean, I think well, it's time to wrap up pretty soon here, right? Mm-hmm. So, let me go ahead and do the two-minute takeaway. So, um, programs and autopilot, you're no longer making your decisions in life. So, think about some of the things that you do on a day-to-day basis, whether it be come home and you automatically take the garbage out on Monday uh, because you know that the garbage man comes Tuesday. Think about those things and know that something as small as that, okay... The thing that's creating that behavior in you is the garbage man comes Tuesday. You can't control that. So that's maybe a good program or, or habit to have. But what other things can you control uh, that are not outside your control? So say like taking a different route home or making a decision on food, what you have to eat for lunch, or whether or not you want to put your hand on a hot stove. <laughs> I don't recommend that. Um, and a couple of things I wrote here as well is when we fall into programs and allow ourselves to be on autopilot, we can become a victim of the circumstances that we're in. So we, we tend to just sit in our programs sit in our autopilot because it's comfortable and we make reasons we tell ourselves, right? Not excuses. Cause we tell ourselves yeah. it's a good reason that we're in this situation or this circumstance. So take a look at that and find out what you can do to sort of step out of that box and look at it from the outside, looking in, um, and make the decision yourself. Don't let the program to make
0: the decision for you.
1: No one wants regrets when you're 80. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is just why. Ask yourself, why am I doing this? Yeah, that's a good one.
1: And Stop and think about it. Why? why? Because I'm hungry. Why are you hungry? Because I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're not hungry.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Something like that.
0: Huh, this is good. I mean, it... it, it a little bit deeper than what we're used to, but yeah, yeah, very. So, listeners, hope
1: we didn't scare you away with that one. But uh, we'll have more to come. We're still a light-hearted, goofy <laughs> fools. Well, I am, anyways. I don't know about Rohit. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's a five foot four bandit. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, thanks again. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll hear you back next week. What um, what do we have on 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 tap? next week next
0: what week? action What action items do we have oh so if today was about um, autopilot so let's let's do this ask yourself why okay um, so let's pick a behavior that a lot of people do okay here we go a lot of people watch TV right so next time you're watching TV and maybe maybe binge watching let, let's say more than just a couple of programs in a row right maybe after an hour if you're still watching TV ask yourself why why am I watching TV right now? Mm. Is it because I don't have anything to do or am I using this as a procrastination method because I have so much to do? So next time you're watching TV, just ask yourself, why am I watching TV? What else could I be doing right now?
1: That's a good one. I like that. That's tough. And cancel your cable and save some fucking money so uh yeah with all that being said thanks again for listening and tuning in another week guys don't forget to check out the website gystpodcast.com you can hit up either myself or rohit kyle at gystpodcast.com rohit at gystpodcast.com subscribe if you haven't already if you're listening i know you subscribe you're one of our loyal listeners like it share it send some comments we're gonna be sending out some goodies um, uh, gyst branded products here pretty soon so uh Thanks again, and we'll listen for you soon. Take it away, Robin.
0: Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your shit together.